Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the she in social contagion. Social contagion. It works. Ooh. It works. My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I have uh, one funny thing to tell you and one question. The funny oh, okay. thing I tell you is that my mom, for the first time ever, went to G3 with my dad. So I know she flew to the oh, great state of Georgia. Okay. I was like, she like traveled with him in the... No. Oh, no, no. Yeah. No, no. She did no like... RV traveling with my dad. She flew <laughs> and met him there in okay. Georgia and went to G3. And I got so many... Um, cute pictures from people who were just loving meeting my mom and dad and um, my mom had a great time she had so much fun like she loved it and she doesn't care for these kinds of things and right. I, I have zeroed out she listened to absolutely none of the conference but she liked meeting people she liked meeting right. people and talking to people and she said that someone came up to her well, multiple someone's, but the memorable one was someone came up to her and said, so you're the unimpressed spouse. <laughs> so she died, she died laughing because <laughs> I did explain to my parents the unimpressed versus right. the impressed mm-hmm. spouse. Yeah. And what was hilarious was when I was explaining it to both of them at my kitchen table, my mom goes, I don't get it. Impressed by what? <laughs> and I said, exactly. You just. And it's you. And it's you. <laughs> you just proved the point. Impressed by what? <laughs> so she's my... like, she's a guest at G3 <laughs> as like a speaker's, like a speaker's plus Wife. one. Yeah. And she's like, what? Impressed by what? <laughs> <laughs> so my mom has a, my mom wants to put in a formal request because she said the next time she goes to G3 she needs to be wearing a shirt a sheologian shirt that says I'm the unimpressed one that's my mom's that's such request. a good idea that's such a good idea we can yeah. have we the can have an unimpressed. The unimpressed yes that's it there we go you're getting them you guys are getting them that's my mom's request I got it. I got to figure out what that looks like. Yes. And so the next G3 isn't until 2025. So we have a little bit of time, but she said when she goes to G3, cause she wants to go to the next one, um, that she, she needs a shirt that says that because she just thought it was so funny. And apparently that was, that was not the only interaction she had at G3 <laughs> where someone identified her as the unimpressed spouse. So that's so funny. I thought that's you hilarious. would just love that. Uh, <laughs> I thought you'd really love it. Okay, so here's my burning question. I've had I've been wanting to ask you this because 
similarly, you brought up this idea of in every marriage, there's the impressed spouse and there's the unimpressed spouse. I okay. I believe in every marriage, there is the spouse that feels one way about this and then the spouse that feels the opposite about this. And it, it can't be, it has to be this way. Okay. But um, I believe, I have a firm belief that as the sun sets during the evening and then into the night that what that means for you inside of your home is that you should use less and less invasive lighting like Hmm. at 10 at 10 p.m if you're up all like the light should not be the light should not be it shouldn't be in your face it shouldn't it shouldn't be lighting up the walls. It, mm-hmm. it should be dim um, because the world is dimmable. God made God made the world dimmable and mm-hmm. lighting should reflect the, the lighting that the Lord gave us. Um, yeah. That is my firm belief. But mm-hmm. who I'm married to is if it's dark outside, then every light in the house should be on at the, at once right and and if it yeah. doesn't matter if it's if you're awake and it's midnight every light um should be on at all times mm-hmm. and i firmly believe i'm what but here's i'm starting to think and this is why i wanted to ask you i'm starting to think this might be a male female thing i think it is yeah i think I it's a male it female is. thing um because i i that's my guess. And I'm, I want to hear from everybody, but I'm pretty sure it's a male female thing. Yeah. I think it's going to swing largely one way, but yeah. Um, yeah. There is a lighting concept spouse and then there is a light spouse. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, yes, I don't care how this lighting makes me feel. It's, I love overhead lighting. Oh, like, turn the worst (laughs) and then there is the spouse that is like i don't think you like the lamps like first of all almost no overhead lighting if the overhead lighting is on i'm in either because there's no other light in the room yeah or or i'm being forced against my will if the overhead light is on it's because i'm inspecting a cut to clean it Yes. Yes. It's because something horrible has happened. Right. And then as soon as it's cleaned and bandaged and the child is sent on their way with their skin knee, we turn the light off. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a lighting concept person. I am the way that it, the way the lighting makes you feel is premier. It is a, in it, it's an yes. integral part of lighting. Yes. You should feel cozy. You should feel comfortable. Yeah. And it's not, um, I, this might, the reason it might be like a male female thing is because it's more like, like feelings versus practical. Like what are lights for? Yeah. They're for lighting, lighting things versus like making things feel pleasant. They're for creating moods. 
They, right. and, yes. but they are it. I, you know, I do think there's a practical, I would argue for the practical application, even in the aesthetic use, because if I'm in the kitchen cooking, I have these bright right. overhead lights because I need to see what I'm doing. But it's like, if you're reading and relaxing and trying to like get sleepy to fall asleep, and you have the, you're staring at a bright light. You're literally working yeah. against your hormones, right? At yeah. this point, like yeah, I use I use overhead lighting in I use my overhead white light in my kitchen only. Yes, everything else is I have. Oh, we have a serious lighting issue in my dining room currently. Oh, I just I need like a good lamp in there, but it's just one of those things, you know. Because yes. so it's the the overhead light is at least warm lighting, but it's just too bright. But I've even tried like candles on the table, but it's just not at a certain time of day. Yeah, it's like I don't want to have people over and be like, we're eating in the dark because it's not a good lighting concept. Dark is also not like the purpose right. is not dark. It's about like the yes. mood. Yes. So yeah, I, yes. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Few things can ruin my mood more quickly than the intrusion of an yes. ugly, bright light. Like it, it's, yeah. it's like this, this is an opportunity for sanctification in mm -hmm. this moment because of how yeah. intrusive and uncomfortable and hideous this thing is. <laughs> yeah, I have a light. My least favorite light in my house is my overhead living room light and oh. it's because when the fan is on it literally creates this like strobing light <laughs> effect and i'm just <laughs> there's been a few times where we've had it on and there's like guests over and i'm just like is anyone else bothered like i just i'm like sitting there like twitching <laughs> under this strobing white white light yes. and I'm just like yes why are we all like <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's I'm not I'm not a high maintenance person but I know. for some reason the wrong lighting is the wrong lighting is just makes me want to just crawl well, out of my skin my firm belief is that that is not an issue of high maintenance you're you this is that is normal this is this it's is just a, good it's just good it's, that you care yeah. about this it's, it's good just, and beautiful. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. I think I think we're going to hear a lot about all of the women deeply caring about this topic <laughs> yeah. and men mm -hmm. absolutely not caring at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unless yeah. they like they're like some production designer who is in film is going to be like, I care about lighting. Right. Yes. But here's yes. my best argument. My best argument for why lights should be at least dimmer in the evening is that's how God made the world. And you can't argue with it. You just nope. can't. And so can't argue and, with creation. No. Yeah. It's, it's, I like Paul, that. Paul argues from creation and I'm going to argue from creation. Absolutely. And no, I don't have a Bible reference for that. Anyway, you can leave us a voicemail 470-465-0475. I hope that's our number because halfway through. That sounds sure. right. Okay. That sounds right. <laughs> okay, great. I had someone um, email and say that 
if they if they got Alzheimer's or like lost their mind that the one thing they remember is our voicemail number, which is just really funny comment because <laughs> the one thing I will never remember is our voicemail number. So anyway, anyway, you go ahead. You what remember it. You remember it. You just also remember lots of other numbers while at the same time you're remembering it. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna tell you. Um, about something hilarious that happened on our walk the other day we um so like everyone's fall decorations are coming out you know yes so we walk every day well most days i should say and uh so we have lots of like pumpkins on doorsteps yeah and we have a few um you know like skeleton decorations at the end of our main road there's this they actually have like an old truck and there's like pumpkins driving the truck Cute. and one of them's like leaning in under the hood and has like a pumpkin butt like hanging out of its his pants <laughs> like a pumpkin crack <laughs> this is so country everything you're describing right now is so country i love it okay and so um so we're walking by this house and on one side of the street a gentleman is like weed whacking his yard yeah. and then on the other side of the street there is a house with a bench by the front door and right now appropriately there are some pumpkins and like full plastic skeletons sitting in the bench okay and so we're walking down the street and they've we've never walked and seen the skeletons before Okay. Uh, so they like oh. just put them out that day. So Matthew and I, you know, we also, you wave to your neighbors, you say hello when you yeah. live in a small town. Yeah. Or maybe otherwise, but probably more when you're in a small yes. town. Yeah. So we say hello and like wave to the gentleman that's doing the weed whacking. And Georgia thought we were saying hello <laughs> to the <laughs> skeleton sitting on the bench. <laughs> Because she just, well, I mean, this is just the four-year-old mind. He was using a loud yard tool. But right. once her focus was drawn to those skeletons, it was like nothing else existed. <laughs> and so, so she was like, she was like, what are those? <laughs> a reasonable then, question. Yeah, and then shortly we deduced that she thought we were like saying hi neighbor to the two skeletons sitting on the bench. <laughs> and so we were just like laughing and explaining to her, you know, that they were decorations and um yes. and then my husband, I thought that was the funniest, quirkiest part of our family walk. And then my husband said these words, people don't just put real skeletons out yet <laughs> oh no and so i was like no are we getting like a, i was like are we getting a commentary about the state of the world we right are now? and we are and it was like yet and he was like well you know that's where we're headed <laughs> it's just like this is just the most <laughs> It's the most. Yeah. This is between, the two, between your husband is, and your daughter. It's the yeah, most. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I mean, I guess 
the first time you see people do use skeletons as decoration, which is right. You know, which is strange. Um, yeah. If you don't know. Yeah. What's, go- what's yeah. going on. It, it, it's strange. And especially cause they're like, they're like big, like people sized. And then you're like, did my parents just say hello? Are those real? What, <laughs> what is that? Like this is going against everything I know. <laughs> uh i love her i miss her okay um just bless just bless what is i I have to know as you're telling me this story i have to know like what is the temperature there now that it's fall it's still been a little warm during the day um like it's still getting into the 90s in the middle of the day but um okay in the evening we're down in the 60s Mm. um so i mean that's like that's like in the early morning like when you get up early in the morning if i go outside and yeah like sit yeah on the porch and read my bible it's like late like latter 60s wow that sounds so yeah and then it's supposed to uh you know well it'll just keep cooling down more and more and what are you got where are you guys at are you still in the hundreds? I like forgot oh, yeah. what. It always yeah. depends every year for for Arizona. Some yeah, yeah, we're some still in the hundreds. October's are lovely, but we went out today. Where our winters as is ending. We did go out this morning, and it was only in the eighties around seven mm. o'clock this morning. But I know for a fact the room I'm sitting in right now is hotter. My air conditioned bedroom is hotter than most people's outdoors right now. I know that for a fact. <laughs> it's still yeah. hot it's still yeah. hot but we're on the cusp and um i just decided yesterday i was like you know what we're taking our break we're taking our school break put your schoolwork away we school through the summer because it's too hot to go outside yeah and um we're done so what i'm what we're gonna do between now and the new year is um we're gonna work on our like we're gonna be in the kitchen the girls oh, cool. are going to be, we're going to be baking. They're each going to make a dinner one night a week and we're going to learn how to bake and we're going to, um, they have reading goals that they're going to have. But other than that, like, we're just going to be outside. I mean, not yet, probably in like two weeks. I'm right. Guessing. Yeah. In about two weeks, yeah. we're just going to be outside. That's my plan. So I'm super I'm Perfect. Super, I'm super looking forward to it. But okay, let's see. I gave him the voicemail. Um, let's see. Book club starts Wednesday, you guys. Wednesday. Oh yeah. We are starting Paralandra. Um, I have for whatever reason, you know, like when you buy a certain kind of car, all of a sudden you see that car on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of a sudden, everyone reading the space trilogy is like in my life, in my feed somehow. So everybody's like really into it right now. At least, or it's just I'm aware of it because right. I'm reading it. Yeah. Um, but we start Paralandra this week. You don't have to have any reading done. Um, just join us. That's happening at patreon.com slash theologians. You can get your questions answered there. Um, if you want to join us. <clears throat> so Okay, well, this topic starts with a story for me. Um, as always, for as us, always, as there's always, always, a, always a story. <laughs> there's always a story. Um, so three to five times a week, I hang out with my other BFF at the gym, and 
She has mm-hmm. been going to the gym for longer than we've been alive. So yeah. she has seen every trend. Uh, she has seen every fitness trend come and go since the 80s, right? I mean, she's been there since the 80s and she's seen mm. it. And she said this thing to me um, that really got me thinking about this. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's something that if you're a parent, you should be thinking about. But even if you're just a Christian, you should be thinking about. But she, there's this thing. She goes, watch. She goes, you're going to see this thing every single day. And it drives her nuts. It drives her nuts. The thing people are doing, it makes her so annoyed. <laughs> makes her crazy. And she just says to me one day, she's like, is this happening on TikTok or something? I mean, she's mad. She's annoyed. She's like, what is this what the people on TikTok, you know, she's 65. She's not, you know, she's not on the social medias like like right. I am, right? Which is only appropriate and good. And anyway, she's like, are people doing this on TikTok? Or this is this what's happening in the fitness world on Instagram? Because it's so dumb. Like if you go up to anybody and ask them, why are you doing this? They they wouldn't have a biomechanical answer they wouldn't have a scientific or biologic like thought there's through. this there's this part of me that like wants to try to guess <laughs> <laughs> i'm just we've done we did that one other time and i'm just like could i get it right for some reason i instantly go to um when girls like pull their already tight short uh shorts yeah. like up their butt crack that is definitely for whatever reason in the fitness <laughs> world they make shorts they make pre-wedgie yeah. shorts yeah 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 the ones no that, like, it's not gonna go okay no it's 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 uh it's hard to explain but essentially when people do their pull downs they 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 stick their butt out they pop their butt out mm. the way they're standing mm-hmm. and and the thing is, is if you look at if you look at the movement itself, they're not adding any force. They're not adding any stretch. They're not all. It's actually a cheat. But it, and it, so I explained to her, I said, yes, I said, if you go online, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or wherever you are, the fitness influencers stand this way mm-hmm. to execute this movement. They're all standing this way. And she's like but that doesn't make any sense. And she did, she is able to explain, she understands the movement and what it's supposed to do and what they're doing doesn't make any sense. So it got me thinking, she was like, everybody's doing it and they're not questioning what, what, what does this bend where you pop your behind out? What does it add? What does it build? How does it, what well what it is is a cheat but anyway the moral of the story is it really got me thinking about how she's right nobody is going okay but why and then if someone did go but why and get an answer would they be able to like filter the answer through anything real and to understand what a waste of time the movement is but it really got me thinking about how social media is itself like the greatest influencer in front of all of our eyes um and how that's just so natural like it's so natural to us to imitate what we see 
And Mm -hmm. we do what we do is we find people that we trust or that we look up to or that we want to look like or that we want to be like or be perceived Mm -hmm. as. And then we do as they do. And that can be such a great or a terrible thing. Like that could be that that what I just described is potentially fantastic because what I just described is what children are supposed to do with their parents. Right. So you learn how to use a spoon, how to dress yourself, how to talk, how to walk by imitating the influencers around you, the people that have the biggest impact on you, which initially is your parents and we're designed that way. And that's good. Um, you know, we're really, really in the babbling mimicking phase of speech with ransom right now mm-hmm. to the point where yesterday, you know, my daughter's in his face and he's throwing food on the ground as one-year-olds do. And my daughter goes, no, eat that. And he throws it on the ground and she goes, eat that. And he throws it on the ground and she goes, eat that. And he goes, eat that. You know, like that's his job right now is to vocally imitate and imitate in so many ways. And so that's good and normal and natural. Um, And it's something that the Lord built into all of us. I think maybe even to agree that a degree that we don't realize. Um, So when my friend said to me, if you asked anybody why they wouldn't have an answer, like, why are they doing it? They wouldn't have an answer. It's just what they've seen. Yeah. And they haven't questioned it. And so that has me really thinking about how that that can be such a good thing. If who you are modeling your behavior after is the right person to model your behavior after. But social media muddies that because anybody can be just anybody, you know, anybody who gets lucky with a big following or anybody who you know, Mm -hmm. looks like you might want to look like, like anybody can be the next person that you're imitating. Um, So anyway, I've just been, I've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah. I think that um, I do. I agree with you. Well, so we are imitators like that. I, well, I even just think about us being like made in the image of God and now image and imitation are not exactly the same word, but they're similar in the, they're similar enough in the context that we're talking about. Like we were quite literally made to image be like uh, God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it's, I think sometimes people think, well, those of us that grew up in the last few decades, I think sometimes we think the opposite of being an imitator is like being an authentic, unique Mm. individual. That's not like anybody else. Um, And so for a while, I think maybe there's just certain seasons where you're prone to going through that. Um, But that's not the alternative. I think, I think the answer is we are going to imitate no matter what. There's no new stories. There's no new styles. There's no new, uh, you know, there's nothing new. Uh, And not to say that you don't. uh, That's Ecclesiastes. Right. For the well, reference. And it, right. And now that now you do, there's nothing wrong with trying to create new things or there's nothing wrong with uh, creating a unique uh, 
products, paintings, songs, whatever, because we're also built to create, but ultimately everything that we are doing is going to be an imitation. I think you just have to be real about that. I think that if you aren't real about that, I think what you're going, the delusion that you're going to believe is that um, people are just made up of experiences and of some sort of inner metaphysical quality that if we just do the right things or like tap into self you will discover the unique authentic individual that's inside of you um yeah and you will leave yourself or your kids very very vulnerable to being influenced by the wrong thing the truth is we are going to imitate uh we're going to be influenced the question is who are you being influenced by or who do you why do you trust the person that you trust and i do think um just kind of like the other side of the same i guess on the flip um you could say that if you look at the world especially right now we have such this interesting like we used to do it a little bit more with brands Mm -hmm. but now we have this interesting influencer this individual, this person that basically markets their life and their person as this attainable, sellable uh, thing. And um, I think you can look at our influencers and see like, what do we, what are we imitating right now? Um, So it's sort of like a, like a supply and demand, like, the demand indicates or like it's kind of like a there's like a a circle that's made there right like like whatever the culture wants is what's going to be provided but what's provided also reveals what the culture wants type of thing yeah um i think i've been thinking a lot about um so a name obviously which well, so first of all, i am going to say that when we did our feminism character studies, i said that I picked an influencer as my fourth wave feminist. And I believe absolutely 100% that influencers have an immense amount of power, especially for young females. Um, If I had waited a few months, I would have done, I would have picked Alex Earl, um, which I, I am seeing that you do not know who that is. No. But she is a hyper famous oh. uh, TikToker. Okay. Who, again, she's like, she literally just went, she just went viral okay. on TikTok. And she is very, um, she's just, she's, she's really, she is just everything that our world, mm. that our young girls especially are looking up to. Um, mm. But she, you know, and she's not, she's not horrible. <laughs> she is, she comes across as likable. She's very pretty, um, young. She was a student up until recently. Mm. Um, and just, you know, like lives this life that, that, mm. uh, that everybody kind of would want to live. Mm. Um, but you don't even, I think maybe a part of the problem is you're not even, you look at someone like that and you're not, I, I wonder how often we're thinking, we're even realizing mm. that we're trying to attain 
the lifestyle of this person that makes a lot more money than we do, genetically maybe different from us. <laughs> um, and uh, and then even we just have, you know, I in my, she seems like very down to earth and yeah. laid back and yeah. sort of, a, she's definitely like, come across as a sort of girl next door. She's okay. she's probably a better alternative than a lot of people. Sure. But she still engages in a lot of like, you know, lots of stuff. But um but yeah, I think that people just don't I think we were so taught to be our own to like access self and become our own unique individual that we don't realize. Yeah. We don't realize how much like I look at her and I'm like, that's, this is exactly what people want to be. Yeah. This is how they're trying to express themselves. And again, she's not like on the most wicked end of the spectrum. Sure. But, um, but that almost makes it a little more dangerous. Like there's a lot of stuff you're not seeing. And I think that makes it easier to just not think. And it makes it a little easier to, um, for it to seem like, inconsequential like i'm not being influenced like i'm just watching a three minute video of her getting ready you know um but yeah i don't anyway that's just what i that's like kind of what comes to mind for me i have a few other things that i've been thinking about but um we just live in a very interesting time (laughs) yeah for this stuff especially (laughs) well my friend you know she was talking about she was saying you know, when she was my age, where you had to go to get influenced was like magazines. Right. Because it wasn't coming straight into your cell phone. So it was magazines, mm-hmm. it was TV, it was things you had to just kind of more intentionally seek out. Mm-hmm. Whereas this kind of stuff is so mindless now. It's like yeah. I didn't have to buy a fitness magazine to receive all of these examples of mm-hmm. how to be fit it just comes straight into my feed Um, and it's curated for me by an algorithm and it doesn't, it doesn't technically cost me any money. I mean, whatever, we don't have to get into that. Um, (laughs) But whenever I think about this, I think about, and you know, we talked about this a little bit is just the, what we know of social contagion among women and this is something, you know, we briefly talked about it a couple years ago when Abigail Schreier's irreversible damage came out where she is using the numbers and the inner, she's, she's a journalist and she started studying along with another woman named Lisa Lippman, the growth in so-called gender dysphoria in teenage girls over the last several years. And if you look at the statistics and the numbers, the only thing you could possibly come up with is that this is happening via social contagion. And then if you start talking to the girls themselves and their parents, where are they getting these ideas that they are actually boys trapped in girls' bodies? Um, Well, it's all online. It's all happening in these online communities and Mm -hmm. it's brand new. I mean, um, between 2016 and 2017 gender dysphoria reported gender dysphoria was up 4,400%. And this was something gender dysphoria. If we look at the old (laughs) published information on it was something that would happen. (laughs) Yeah, I know was something would usually happen in early childhood, but now it overwhelmingly 
happens to teens. And it was primarily a something that happened to young boys. And now it is primarily a teenage girl problem. Um, it's just, it's a statistical unlikelihood if we're talking about something that truly is 100% a, a physical issue, like a physical problem or a genuine mental disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and every one of their stories has a pattern. So the girl, her whole life, never expresses any sort of, I might be a boy, I might be a boy. Then she hits puberty. Anxious, depressed, puberty, in in some sort of government school, having a hard time making friends, retreats into social media, which is Mm -hmm. where you come across uh, some really engaging and affirming communities, Mm -hmm. particularly the trans and, and transgender, you know, we could call them gurus. Like that's what they are. They're yeah. trying to offer wisdom, whatever. And there's this whole, you know, just ideology that's totally pushed as normal. And so all of these, you know, girls that were like, oh, wow, well, I've been a tomboy my whole life suddenly discover that they're actually quote unquote trans. So anyway, um, social contagion is real and it is particularly real amongst females just because of how we are we are built. We are meant to be influencers. Like think about who who is the primary yeah. uh caretaker of young children. It's going to be women. So mm-hmm. it's not it it's so it's it's beautiful. This is I'm this story over here is how it can be warped and how sin affects it. But what I am thinking about, okay, well if this is all the destruction that can be caused just from how what is built into us and how sin twists what is good like think about all the good that you can do think about how much influence you actually do have in your sphere and how much you can actually impact um the next generation and and then what i love to think about is like really how much scripture tells us to take advantage of it like the older women are supposed to do what with the younger women influence them Mm -hmm. influence them for good um, and then you have all the, yeah, Bible verses about imitation. Um, you know, Paul saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. That's in first Corinthians 11, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you just look up, okay, where, what does God command as far as imitation? It's imitate what is good. Do not imitate what is bad. Mm-hmm. So you are to imitate the giants of the faith. Hebrews 13 says, uh, says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you and considering the results of their conduct, imitate their faith. So you are to look considering the fruit someone has born and to go, I want that fruit. I'm going to imitate that. And it's funny because I I mean, you and I grew up in like (laughs) the fertile soil of the time of the poser right like do you remember when we were young when we were kids being called a poser was like the worst thing yeah or like called. a sellout oh. like that's how you knew when you like weren't into a band anymore when they sold out yeah it's like there was no bigger litmus test of if you were a loser was if you were a poser like if you yeah. did not like you know what i mean it's like 
That is so the mark of somebody who who is afraid to imitate, I think, is a mark of immaturity. Mm-hmm. Now, we should be. I'm happy when my baby imitates my words, even when he does it poorly. I'm happy that he's doing it. Like, I'm happy. So he can't quite say um, knock, knock. But when we go knock, knock, and he says, nah, nah, it's a poor imitation, but I support it. I'm here for it because I know the more he continues to do it, he will be saying knock, knock, like he, he will get it. And so when we see younger people in the faith trying to imitate us, we should be totally we shouldn't knock them at all. We should be completely right. supportive and and happy and joyful that they're doing it. And I do think our call is to imitate and then strive to do it even better. I mean, not not better than Christ, but certainly the right. call is to grow. The call is to uh number one, be able to discern that which is worth imitation and then to do it joyfully. I don't know who said it like if you want to be the ultimate influencer, then you need to be happy when people imitate you without credit. Right. So just, just freely be happy when someone sees something that you're doing, thinks that it's awesome and wants to imitate you. Um, let that spread and just give that away freely. Uh, that's the call. That is what we ought to be doing. And, uh, yeah, it can it can it can be used so destructively if you choose to imitate. And this is why I think you have to be careful with who you allow into your life and into your children's lives, because we all are going to imitate something and someone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is it going to be? Yeah, the great news is, is that the great news about being an imitator is that you know who you are. Yeah. You know who you are. You yeah. know what you're supposed to imitate. And you are allowed to tell yourself who you are. Like, if you know what you're meant to be, then that means you know who you are. Mm-hmm. There's There need not be this existential crisis, which seems to be a particular pattern in these social contagions. Yes. Physical appearance and vanity also just yes. going to go ahead and toss that in there. But um, yeah, the main other thing that I was just thinking about is like, if, if you know who you're imitating, then you know who you are. Yeah. And you need to tell yourself who you are. And, and the big thing is, um, is you, especially because social contagion is so dangerous to young people and especially to young girls that means you need to tell your kids who they are. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw this meme going around that was like, me, I should submit to my husband. Like, you should submit to your wives, should submit to your husband's internet. So if your husband tells you to put 12 jars of peanut butter in your shoes and walk around all week, like, you should have to do that. Like, okay. So if some of you, I get it. Some of you are going are gonna to be uh, inclined towards that when I say, it's okay to tell your kids who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Until not that long ago, we used to tell kids, this is what your job's going to be when you grow up. 
it, it's the same as mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be what I do. <laughs> I'm a blacksmith. You welcome. Guess what? You will also be one. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> and you know what? No one was being abused. It's it was fine. It was fine. It really um, was. Of course, like I'm not I'm not a it's not about it, it the point is not you making them what you would prefer them to be. There is a lot of joy in seeing your kids develop and their personalities and what they're kind of good at and maybe what they're going to have to learn to laugh at themselves for <laughs> a little bit. Um, their shortcomings, their sin. Cause that's the thing is if you're not telling your kids who they are, you're not telling them they're a sinner. That's for sure. Which means you're not telling them the gospel. Right. Um, and if you're not telling yourself that you're a sinner, that means you're not preaching the gospel to yourself. Um, if you are so allergic to imitation that you just think like that, that who you are is this just organic free flowing again metaphysical entity that the universe just created but that is what a lot of people think that's yeah. what uh, they think it without thinking about it right we we're just that's what we've grown up in that's our anthropology of what a human being is um yeah i mean really it's like and then we have this idea that so i say something like it's okay for you to tell your kids who they are and it's like you well and any amount of authority automatically equals tyranny. But that's not true. That's not true. You being required to imitate, if if you being required to imitate Christ is tyranny to you, you're not a believer. Right. It should be freedom to you. Right. Um, and so, and or it's your Marxist indoctrination showing. <laughs> and you need to fix it. <laughs> you need to get rid but, of yeah. that. <laughs> Clean that so, one yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I think, uh, I've just been thinking about that a lot, even in terms of having, you know, I have this little girl that, that just turned four. And so in a lot of ways, she went from being like very little to just sort of yeah. the week before her birthday, I just looked at her and I was just like, you, you are like, you're different somehow. Like, I don't know if that happened last night or if I just <laughs> am now catching up and it's been happening, but it's like, who is my daughter? And it's my job to tell her. It's yeah. not my job to let her figure it out, but largely, right. That is yeah. the way that we view child development. And that's the way that secular psychology views it. Yeah. Is that yeah. you are this unique individual that kind of forms in the ether, I suppose. And, um, and then you just sort of slowly transform into who you are by accessing your self-esteem and, uh, you know, just... Uh, being a good person anyway. Um, no, this is a conversation yeah, I, I literally had with my daughters yesterday where they heard a Christian say something and they were like, like, do you agree? They asked me if I agree with it. And the ultimate question came down to, should your parents be able to set this kind of boundary for you? Mm -hmm. And they thought it was wild that this Christian thought 
the parents have this much say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't really want to talk about the boundary so much as just get to the bottom of the question for me with my children, which was, where do you think your, where do you look for your wisdom? Because if you primarily believe that your wisdom or wisdom is something that primarily comes from you and your thoughts, then yeah, you're going to think, oh, a parent laying down this boundary is overstepping boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, what I said was, if you're a child, you should look to one, God for wisdom. And then the next place you should look for wisdom after God is your parents. Mm-hmm. Not primarily you. It's not you. Yeah. And then maybe your parents. It's primarily God. <laughs> and then my parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are your primary sources of wisdom. Yeah. And so uh I was like so just consider like if if it's if what I'm saying is true that you ought to live in submission to the authority and wisdom of God and your parents then wouldn't your parents making this boundary for you actually be perfectly appropriate. Yeah. To which of course they had to agree but it was just something that mm-hmm. we hadn't like Yeah really thought through before. Um, And so the question of where do you get your wisdom? That Mm -hmm. is the question. Who do you choose to imitate? Where Mm -hmm. do you primarily look for your wisdom? If it's from within, if it's your feelings as your compass, social contagion makes perfect sense. And it really Mm -hmm. is an issue of fearing man instead of God. Um, This is also an exercise I've been (laughs) for myself. I've been boiling down everything into is this fearing man or is it fearing God? Like, which one is it? Um, And so when we influence, we need to make sure that what we are contagious with is the fear of the Lord. Like if I'm going to pass anything on, yeah. Let me pass on fear of the Lord. Right. In this topic and in this topic and in this topic and in this topic, like primarily my my concern should be fear of God. Um, and so, you know, one challenge I've told you guys about before that I do with my kids all the time is, can you tell me how this worships God or worships man? Because everything can be broken down into that everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and this issue is the same. So where do you get your wisdom from? It's either going to be an issue of fearing God or fearing man. It's either going to be an issue of pleasing yourself or pleasing God. There's really only two options here. Hopefully your desires are so in line with God that that's the same thing for you. But that's something you're going to have to work for. That doesn't come to the natural yeah. man. That's something that right. the Lord does and that you have to seek um, actively. And so I totally got derailed. But yes, Georgia does look massive, by the way. She looks like she's 18. <laughs> well, she's yeah, um, 18 now. In our house, not trusting us her parents is like not so much anymore now that she's getting older but it was a like a disciplined offense yeah like not trusting us yeah um and uh some people think that's nuts i think i don't (laughs) i don't think um and you know what now she's four and she trusts us 
Now that also means we need to be trustworthy. That's where everyone wants to just like jump off this cliff, jump off the 12 jars of peanut butter into the shoes cliff. Like everyone's like, well, but you're not perfect and you're not this and that. No, I'm not. We're not perfect parents, but we are going to like, if I can, if I can teach Georgia anything, it is that it is to be very selective. It's not just that we're her parents. So arbitrarily she should trust us. It is that we have her best interest. We are her parents. We're given authority by God over her. Uh, just like my husband has authority from God over me. Um, and she can trust us. It's not just this like, oh, well, God did it. So that's the way we do it. It's like, no, you need to be a parent worthy of of being, tr- you need to be trustworthy. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to require your kids to trust you, you need to be trustworthy. But it is absolutely within uh, uh, your responsibility to require that your kids trust you as to tell them who they are. Otherwise, you are going to let the world, you're going to let Alex Earl raise them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and you know what, again, and that's, I'm saying that because for any of you that know who she is, I'm saying that because again, she is not the worst end of the spectrum. Some people might look at her and go, oh, I'd be okay with my, my daughters being like her. And a lot of people in the world are, and that's why she's an influencer. That's why she's so popular. Um, But the point is, is that you like, if you believe the lie that they will somehow independently produce if yeah. a, that a, an unbelieving kid, chi- an unbeliever that is a ch- immature child mm-hmm. will produce this vast wisdom. Mm-hmm. You are making a huge mistake that will yeah. result. I mean, it has serious, serious consequences. And it just, it's a, it's this funny little little area is this little you know like cobweb in our thinking cobweb in the corner even for like legitimate solid believers where we just think like we're just trusting our kids yeah to produce this godly wisdom yeah and and you know some of them may have like i'm not saying kids can't especially kids who get who uh, are trained well and discipled well and were saved young like i think i hope and pray that we start to see maturity sooner and sooner and sooner the more generations we look um but you are playing just such a dangerous game letting your kids figure things out on their own just because of some fear that you are like turning them into an imitator like you should it is your job to tell them who they're to imitate and they should be imitating you yes but obviously of course god but you should be imitating god they should be imitating you Right. And I think one really, really potent way to do this is for you yourself to love what is worth loving, because I do believe that what you love, you pass on a love of to your children. Yeah. And people's loves fall into a pattern that makes sense. So if someone loves things that are ugly, it is a reflection of what is in their heart. And I think something I've also have been thinking about a lot lately is that what you love tells me so much about you. Mm-hmm. Like what you love tells me what is what is in you. 
and it is so contagious and and i don't know that we often think about it as loves right i think we think about it mm-hmm. as like habits we think about our habits oh well my habit is to mindlessly scroll on my phone no you do it because you love it and that love is contagious yeah you may love apathy which is a hard one to it's a hard one to become aware of because it presents itself as not caring at all. But if you're apathetic enough, you love it. You love not caring. (laughs) It's your standard. It's your, it's just, it is what your standard is. And so many times people, when people ask really heart wrenching questions about why does this person do this? Or why is this this way? It's like, it's because it's becoming very clear that the answer is it's because that's what they love. Mm Mm-hmm. You do what you love. You pursue yeah. what you love. And what you love is that is what's contagious. That is that's what's so contagious about behavior is that passion for something. You know, the people who fall into the trans community social contagion. What is it? It's they feel the love. They feel loved. They feel the passion. So like what you love is ultimately what is contagious. So if you love Christ, you can share a love of Christ and it will affect the people around you. Mm -hmm. If you love Christ, it is affecting the people around you. If you love evil things, it is affecting the people around you. And it anyway, that's a whole other topic that... (laughs) I didn't really mean that a box. <laughs> that's a box I've not I didn't mean to open up at the end of our episode, but just think about what you love and and maybe pursuing loves and passions that are worth passing off, that are worth handing off. Like if you're investing your love and your energy into something that you don't want your kids to spend their time on, why are you loving it? Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen. That is 100% what's going to happen. Yeah. That just falls, that falls in line a lot with the, like, kids are little hypocrisy meters. Oh, yeah. They are. Well, (laughs) and see, that's the thing that it goes to show that regardless of whether or not you're intentionally influencing your kids, they will be influenced. And generally, that will be you know, the emphasis I was making was that they'll be influenced by someone else, but they absolutely will also be influenced by you no matter what you're doing. And they will not, um, kids don't generally do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) No one does that. (laughs) I think a fun little exercise for everybody to do or to have on their mind this week is, and is what do you love that your parents loved? Ah, because yes. I guarantee you, you can at least come up with one thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have something automatically? Oh, I a million. Yeah, That's a million. Just like one thing off the top of your head. Reading. Okay. Um, biology, uh, the church. My loves are so. My loves are so in tune with both of my yeah. parents, mm-hmm. and I don't mean this as a. Well, my parents loved cigarettes and now I can't stop smoking. That's not the exercise. That is not the exercise, ladies. <laughs> like my it's so funny because 
because oh, that's just another uh, <laughs> secular psychology moment yeah, there. We're not we're not doing that. <laughs> we don't help with trauma collecting here on this show, so no. you may go elsewhere if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> that's not if that's the exercise you're doing. You missed everything we've ever said. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I could write a list, you know, of just all the things that my parents loved and invested their time in that here I am the same age they were when they were loving and investing their time in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful. Like that's, that's a great legacy of things to love um, and to pass on to your children to love. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think I caught my mom's uh, morbidity. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you know, what's funny is like, I'm way morbid and like neither of my parents are. So I don't know. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, sometimes things just, well, and that's what, like I said, it's like, it's a, it's such a pleasure to see your kids, to watch them. I even asked an older couple in the church. They're not like old by any means, but they have grown children is what I mean. Um, and I just asked like, now that your kids are grown, like when did, when do you feel like you knew them as they are now? Yeah. And they were just like, so young, so young. It was when we figured out like who they are today, like as married women and like older teens. And it's just like, that's such a pleasure. Um, And they were such, they were such like, they're great kids because they were such great imitators in the areas that mattered, you know? Right. But, yeah, I it's uh, yeah. Oh, it's so but, true. It's so tr- it's just that's so true. Like I I feel like I already know. I already know that Ransom is hilarious. Like I already know oh that. My, Ransom is like so I'm sorry, but you your family is just like some people like wait, they hold back a little bit no. to tell you who they are. And then some families are just like, "Hello." <laughs> I'm here. And and Ransom from his first ultrasound picture yes. yeah. was just like, what's yes. up? <laughs> Ransom in utero was yep. arrived. Yep. We have known. We have known Ransom, man. <laughs> no, he is seriously, I, I, I'm just telling you now, I'm going to have the funniest. He is hilarious. He has the best sense of humor. And and I can see that already with having kids that are like 10, 13 years old. Like you yeah. see it, you can see it young if you're really looking for it. And mm-hmm. it's so fun. It's just so, it's just so much fun. This is a whole other Well, topic. yeah. And just having such a, like a wide range of ages too. It's like you, like Ransom will be funny if, if only because he grew up around so many other personality types so many other humors just like i just it's like he'll he's got such an intact family culture that he was born into yeah it's just it's gonna just, be something else yeah. it's gonna yeah. be really something else wow i know i'm so excited okay you guys can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Don't forget that um, just join book club. It's a good time. Read the book or don't. I don't care. That's happening at patreon.com slash theologians. We and... can't convince you anymore. <laughs> You're just yeah. going to, you either know you want to do it or 
just come and have a good time. Just that's yeah. That's your only. That's my request. And you, um, right. that's it. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>